podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse. He strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to Jimenez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard, oh, thumping finish. The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, EPL Index proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's Guy Drinkle. It's game week 12, and you know what that means. It's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. Uh, we've had a lovely international break. Well, I've had a lovely international break. Um, not that I didn't, not that I needed a break, having been away for the best part of a month. But I, I took advantage of the international break. Um, but I'm ready to get back into the Premier League predictions and everything that comes with it. I'm joined by executive producer Guy Drinkle slash the guy that took over whilst I was away. Uh, Guy, welcome back to the show. Welcome back to my own show. Yes, it's good to be back. (laughs) We might as well call it the Guy Drinkle show. Yeah, the rest of them are. We might as well keep it that way. It's just a matter of time. (laughs) It's just a matter of time. Um, and, and speaking of takeovers, uh, not necessarily takeovers in terms of clubs, because we did have Jake Jackman on last week, and we kind of delve into the Newcastle takeover and what that meant for this season, and a little bit into what it means for next season, but focusing on, obviously, the fixtures that were ahead for that week. But, Guy, we've had kind of a merry-go-round in terms of managers. Um, obviously, some happened before the international break, some happening during the international break. Um, the one that kind of happened last time around, we've got um, Ranieri coming into Watford. We've got Conte at Tottenham. Um, Dean Smith kind of does a switcheroo, moves mm-hmm. from uh, Aston Villa to the mighty Norwich, and then Steven Gerrard takes the Aston Villa job. I think I've covered everyone. I think I may have. As long as Ollie's still in his job. <laughs> <laughs> That's the important one. It is for us. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a fun. Obviously, we've had a, a couple of the managers had a uh, a game or two. Um, I think Conte had a couple. If you count Europe as well, it, it, it's intriguing more than anything. I think Conte is almost a sure thing, but Conte versus Spursiness, it's 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 a balance there, isn't it? <laughs> so that'll be fun. But I think. If you're a team like Spurs, if if you can get the best manager available, and Conte was at, at the time, especially for Spurs, because I don't think Zidane would ever have went to Spurs, um, you got to take it, whether it seems harsh on Noon, if it seemed harsh on Noon or whatever, no, you, you get Conte, you right the wrong that you made in the summer where you kind of screwed up um, the negotiations or whatever you did, you fix that good stuff, and it's it's already looking somewhat promising. Uh, Watford Ranieri will be sacked probably by the time this goes out, so I won't even, <laughs> I won't even waste the time on that one. Um, but yeah, who knows how he'll do there. And, and the more recent ones, uh, Eddie Howe. Um, yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of Eddie Howe, but I, I think if you look, if the Newcastle thing is to be a bit more long term, I think Eddie Howe could be a good way to. I don't know if the problem is keeping them up this season. I think if he gets the time, if they do go down, which seems a tad likely because the squad is not very good, um, if he takes them down, then can bring them back up. I think if he can then establish them, it'll be a nice. It depends how he develops as a coach because he was once very highly thought of, but I think he can be the perfect manager to be that one to get it ready for an elite manager or nearly an elite manager take that next step but it'll be interesting to see how Eddie Howe does because if 
the Bournemouth thing kind of, I don't know, it just never really developed. It seemed like as soon as they got promoted, they were kind of the same and then just progressively got worse as the squad got older and a couple more injuries and stuff like that happened. So uh, I think for Newcastle fans, it's good because at the very least, it'll be fun. Whereas you've had Steve Bruce for years. I love Rafa, but he's not exactly the most fun, but it was better than what Bruce was doing at least. Um, So yeah, it'll be probably their first fun manager since that good year under Pardew. That's probably a long time ago. Um, Other ones. Gerard at Villa is probably the main one from a Liverpool fan, fan, fan point of view. I have no idea. I've watched like two, <laughs> I've watched like a handful of games, uh, all of them probably old firm games, uh, maybe the odd one in Europe. So I have really no idea how Gerard does as a manager. If anything, I probably saw him as the, uh, more of him as the uh, under eighteen manager for Liverpool. And yeah, he obviously done a good job in in uh, Rangers. Spent a lot of money comparably to the rest of the league, which might be an issue. But Aston Villa have a an interesting squad, I think an unbalanced squad. So if you can find the balance there, get some players performing to their best or just improve them. I mean, you got to rely on people like Tyron Mings, who I don't think is all, all that good. But if you can improve him a bit, um, sort out the left, the left-hand side of the fence isn't great. I think you got to find a balance in midfield. And then I think it could settle into something good. But if I, put, if I keep my Liverpool hat on, I think it's a great move for Gerard if if he wants to move towards the Liverpool job. I just don't think I'm. I think there may be a middle job between Aston Villa and then Liverpool, unless he gets Aston Villa like regularly into the Euro uh, into uh, the Europa League, if if not the Champions League on a mad year. But yeah, it, it's going to take a, a really good job for him to keep him in uh, in the running. Um, and Dean Smith to Norwich I, I, as a long term one, I think that I, I think that's really clever. I think you look at the job he did at Brentford. He, he was building them into a promotion candidate. He obviously, took Aston Villa up in a uh, in a dodgy. Uh, I think if I remember correctly, I'm sure they were like near the relegation zone when he when mm. he took over Villa and got them promoted that same year. So he's obviously got um, history in in the Championship doing well. And as we know, Norwich is the ultimate yo yo club. But if if he can, well, let let's see what he can do this season. But let's be honest, the the favourites to go down, they're probably favourites to finish twentieth. Even if they do go down, they've got Dean Smith for next season. He he's a good manager to get them promoted, and if they can invest in the right areas, hopefully he's le- he can adapt a bit better than Fark. Who I love Fark because he's got the best voice in football. Um, but. You can't keep coming up and doing the same thing because it clearly wasn't working. So hopefully Dean Smith, for Norwich's sake, it is a bit more adaptable and can be a bit more defence first. But I, I think it'll take a year in the Championship or, or the rest of this season and a year in the Championship to see them back in the uh, in the Premier League and then what a proper a proper Dean Smith um, team looks like. But I think I think they're all interesting appointments. Really, that that's probably the main takeaway. Yeah, definitely interesting stuff. Um, I think the one that stands out for me, obviously, with Norwich being the unofficial official unofficial team for the season for this podcast, is it is kind of saying we're preparing for life after the Premier League for next season. If you know, if we do go go down, uh, I think Dean Smith can do a, a really good job in getting them back up straight away, sort of uh, one and done in the mm-hmm. Championship and come back up. Um, and then if, you know, they happen to stay up, he's also shown he's quite competent in the Premier League as well. I, I think he was unlucky to, to get let go. Um, but hey, yeah. Um, and then sort of the other ones, I think you've kind of summed them up pretty well. Um, in terms of Gerard, you know, it's kind of more favorable 4-3-3, sometimes 4-2-3-1. Very, very inverted. Um, the, those two wide players are, are not really that wide. They're kind of inverted, preferably a right footer on the left-hand side, left foot on the right-hand side, kind of cutting in, give mm-hmm. the space to the fullbacks to overlap is kind of the approach that he's gone with. And, and you know, when he's got that, if it's 4-2-3-1, he's got that central midfielder coming in to help as well um, get, so that they've got numbers in the box. But 
it's a very inverted formation. It'll be interesting to see um, how you know how 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 it suits the players that they have um, at Aston Villa. They also try on the defensive side to kind of force you wide. Um, so they they do press high, but then they drop into the middle when they do drop. So it's kind of forcing you wide. And if you're going to beat us with the crosses, fair enough, we'll deal with that. And I'm assuming the likes of Mings will prefer that kind of defending opposed to them being drawn out wide or anything like that. Um, yeah, but speaking of merry-go-rounds, let's go around the league in terms of fixtures. We kick off this week with Leicester versus Chelsea. A uh, very interesting game because, I mean, these are two teams before the season that had Champions League aspirations. I think in terms of Leicester kind of trying to upset the cart a little bit in in getting into that top four. They were kind of the, one of the dark horses. They're a long way away currently in 12th place. They come up against the league leaders in Chelsea, undefeated uh, in, in quite a while now. What do you make of this game? Um, I think Chelsea are the obvious favourites. And I think if Leicester get anything out of the game, I think it'll be more to do with Chelsea not being able to score enough goals. I think that's the main thing you have to look at. I think Leicester just haven't looked like, from when I've seen obviously they've had good results, mainly in Europe and the United game, but everyone was beating United at that point, apart from Tottenham. Um, and we thank them. Yes, that. thank you, Tot- thank you, Tottenham. Um, but yeah, Leicester can beat Chelsea. But on the evidence of this season, they're just not clicking. Like Vardy scored a lot of goals, but Indian Actual's not clicking with him. Daka looks like the more exciting forward from whenever I've seen them. You've got to find the right mix behind him. Harvey Barnes has been in and out of the team. Madison's not really recaptured his form from a few years ago when he first joined Leicester. Um, and the defence is kind of, if Johnny Evans isn't in the defence, it just simply doesn't work. Sionchu's took steps back. Daniel Amati's in the team. The wing-backs, are, well, they're just, uh, Ricardo Pereira, I don't think he's ever been the same since his injury. Um, and Castagne has been a bit up and down from when I've seen him. And I, is Tielemans, I'm sure I just read Tielemans as a doubt. Tielemans is 50-50, so that'd be a big loss. Um, yeah, so that'd be... That wouldn't be fun, but I suppose Samara's done quite well this season. Um, Chelsea injuries. Lukaku's 50-50, so that might help with the goals. Uh, Werner, uh, Kovacic, Mount and Alonso are also out or doubt. So, bit of an injury hit game. I think Leicester have had loads of injuries all season. Um, other than Norwich, I just don't see Chelsea battering too many teams. But I do think they'll win this game. I'll say 2-1 Chelsea. And Chelsea obviously coming off the back of that draw as well. They need the result because although Burnley played quite well that game, a draw against Burnley when when you could have taken advantage in the league considering Liverpool dropped points. Um, yeah, wasted opportunity for them. So yeah, I think, I think they'll bounce back strong, especially if Lukaku's back because I think people kind of overlooking how good Lukaku was. Yeah, he really was. And and this kind of felt like the time where he was going to really stamp his authority. They had favorable fixtures for a good run. Um, I'm sure fantasy football players know that all too well and had been stocking up on Chelsea players. And if they hadn't, you, you might not be near um, the top of your leagues at the moment. But Lukaku is hoping to return. Um He's kind of back in Chelsea training, so it will be interesting to see if they do throw him in there. I think I think they don't need to rush him um, necessarily. Mm-hmm. December is a very busy period, so they might have that in mind and kind of give him maybe thirty minutes in this game and and build it up from there. But yeah, Leicester, as you say, kind of a mixed bunch this season. It it feels like they don't know who they are this season. I'm, I'm still waiting for some sort of identity to develop. As you say, it's not helping when the likes of Harvey Barnes are kind of meh this season not really you know hitting the ground running and and being as effective as you'd want them to be especially i think he signed the new contract uh before the season started you're thinking that's a boost um and and he kind of grows into the season from that but it hasn't happened um 
I think let let's start harmoniously for for this episode. Let's start with a, a two one Chelsea win. So I'll I'll back you on that one, and we'll move swiftly along to one of the people you mentioned, one of the new managers, Steven Gerrard. He has his debut game, at least it's a home game in terms of if you're looking for favorable fixtures. But in terms of opposition, I don't know if this is a very favorable opposition in Brighton. They've looked very frisky this season. Yeah, I mean, the seventh at the minute, but they're very tough to beat, seemingly. I think, obviously, Man City kind of battered them, but they just... They seem to have developed from last year where they were a really frustrating team, and I say that as they, <laughs> they've got four draws out of the last five, so it's really <laughs> not the it's not the best point. But, I mean, they are seventh. They're on the same points as United, who were seen as title contenders. Um... <sighs> I'm looking at the injuries for both teams and suspensions as well. I think Aston Villa's missing players will hurt them a lot more. Like Danny Ings was playing a lot better, although he has COVID. He had COVID. He's had COVID a while, so I don't know if it's long COVID or whatever. But he's been out a while, and I think he was playing better than Watkins. Douglas Louise is probably their best midfielder at the minute. Esri Constance suspended, so that won't be fun. Um, then Bertrand Traore, Trezeguet, and the Camber's not very good, so that doesn't matter. Um, hey, 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 hey. His name's fantastic. Uh, I'll, I'll have no disrespect. I'll have no disrespect of Zimbabwe players on this podcast. That's that, fine. Fine. He's not very good. <laughs> um, you can disrespect England players. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Brighton. They're missing their goalkeeper, and then. Welbeck and M. Wepu, who kind of became a starter, and Dan Burns obviously in and out of the team, but he's only seventy five percent. So they're missing a little bit, but I think Aston Villa is, is more starters. I, I'd have to, I'd have to make Brighton favourites. I think at least a draw in this game, but I think if Brighton start with Lamptey, I can't remember if he started the last game, but Lamptey against that quite weak left hand side of Villa's, I that. Like him against Matt Target, who I don't think is very good. Um, that could be fun. Um, it's just putting the ball. I think they need to get more payback in the team. I don't know what he did to get dropped, or if he got injured or something, then missed, and then um, Trossard did well for a few weeks. But I think they need to get more payback in the team. Get Lamptey as a as a wing back. Trossard more pay. I don't even know who else can play up front. Um. I'm thinking. I'm missing someone. Obvious. Um, Trossard. No, I've already named him. McAllister. McAllister can play there. I think Gross. Uh, Mope, Welbeck, Connolly. Yeah, maybe yeah. McAllister out of them lot. I quite like him when he comes on. Um, but Basuma's back for them as well. That's obviously big when he came back. Played really well against Liverpool. And then uh, the next year, which is how it how it works in football. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I'm gonna go. Do I back Gerard? I, there's so many unknowns for me. If I knew, if I watched more, I might have more confidence. But I think that them them people missing for Villa is quite a lot. It's like basically the spine of the team. I'm going to go. Mm-mm. Brighton were your, your team they last Yeah, they still oh. are my team. Ah, okay. Well, back from Liverpool, obviously. I'm going to go 1-0 Brighton. Ooh. It's not a winning start for SG8 there. Um, oh. Lamptey played 74 minutes last time around just to tie loose in there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously came off the bench in the Liverpool game. So they've, they've been building him up. He's probably ready to, to tackle the 90 minutes in this one. If not, still kind of starting. And then if, if he does um, get tired, you can take him off. But yeah, I, I think he could be quite an interesting player in terms of... I, I think they're going to focus their attack down that right-hand side and and try and expose Aston Villa that way. Um, you mentioned the Aston Villa injuries. It, it's it's the, the positions that they have the injuries mm-hmm. to and, and the personnel. Like, Louise, uh, so important. Danny Ings, the goal, so important. Um, Watkins has kind of lost himself a bit yeah, this season, which is it's frustrating for me because he's he was one of my favorite players last season. Um, and just throughout him coming through Brentford and stuff, he just, on paper, he's built perfectly for a strike in terms of he's got the size, he's got the strength, he's got the speed, he's got the finishing technique. Um, just not getting the game time that um, 
that I think would help him develop. So it, it's a bit irritating there. Gerard first game at home. Uh, the interesting thing for me is Brighton have been very difficult to beat. And I think Brighton have been adapting their game slightly for each team. Mm-hmm. And with, with, with Gerard coming in now so late, kind of Brighton won't necessarily know what Aston Villa are going to look like. So that might hamper them a little bit. So, so I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mirror you there. I'm gonna go one 0 Aston Villa. I think, I think it's, it's gonna be too soon for Brighton because I, I really like how tactical they are on each game. They kind of target specific areas, and I don't know if they, if they're gonna be able to just because Gerard might spring a few surprises there. So I'm going one 0 to Aston Villa, and that one will obviously see who comes out on top there, but. We've got Burnley. The, you mentioned them a bit earlier when they get the draw against Chelsea last time around against the Crystal Palace side who I think they've looked good all season. They just had a really tough start. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, when we get to the, the halftime segment here, I'll probably break down a little bit more of that thought process. But I think Crystal Palace kind of keep the good times rolling. Uh, I'm going to go with the 2-0 Crystal Palace win for this one. Ooh. Um... At Turf Moor, Burnley got no real injuries of importance. My only question mark is with Palace, they're missing Anderson. So I'm guessing that'd be Kiyate at centre-back? Yeah, and he's, he's deputised there quite a few times. Right. It's just, uh, I think... I think if you... Because ke- he played centre-back most last season, and I think he moved back into midfield, didn't he? So, mm, it's just switching the position of my... Uh, Muddy the waters a bit. I, I ah, Palace are good this season. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about it more? <laughs> yeah. um, but I got a back Sean date. Go on then. One all. Oh, <laughs> sitting on that fence. Of course, back yeah. back Sean Dyche and then call yeah. for a one all draw. Well, Typical. That, that is the most Dyche Sean Dyche result in the world. That Typical. Sean Dyche. I think he might prefer a nil nil. I think one one he'll be a bit upset with that That's one. True. But um, guy, you mentioned Eddie Howe earlier. I think he he's definitely in charge now officially. So um, he was sitting in the stands in their last game, but mm-hmm. this time around he's going to be in the dugout. He's play. He's coming up against a Brentford side who. They've had some injuries. They've had some shaky games recently. Look, obviously the Norwich one for them, they would be thinking we needed to win that one. It's a team that hasn't been playing well. Uh, Norwich getting their first W, and we'll get to Norwich, but I'm just I just want to put that out there. Um, so that's four losses on the bounce for Brentford. It, do you think it's just one of those things that happens when you when you get into Premier League? You can easily lose four games in a row and, and then kind of um, sort it out. At least, at the very least, if I can say, they had given themselves a buffer in that they had started the season well. They're currently 14th, but they have been starting to slide down the table quite a bit. Obviously, the goalkeeper injury was quite mm-hmm. big for them, I would say. Um, what is is this a good opportunity for for Eddie Howe? He's had two weeks uh, to to get his ideas across to the squad. Um, and once again, I, th- I think Raya's injured. You know, he's ruled out for this yeah, game as well. So, well, yeah. so maybe that's given Brentford some time to to sort out their team as well. They would have been begging for the international break just to kind of course correct. Yeah, I think I think with Brentford, I think the most important thing for Brentford is they've still apart. Maybe you can't lose to Norwich and look good. That's just a fact. But, <laughs> but no, it he is, is taking shots at, at all <laughs> of the people that I like players, people. It is, but it's true, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but I mean, you look, the Chelsea loss, I, I don't know how they didn't, like, at the very least, get a point out of that game. They should have won that game. I mean, Mendy was mental and they just couldn't finish. Um, probably same in the Leicester game, I probably less. Dramatic, but I, I remember them being the better team. I don't remember the Burnley game too much, and the Norwich game, as I said, yeah, you lose to Norwich, you you, you screwed the pooch there. So I think the two games, the first two losses, I think you're looking at them and you go, that's two good teams. You've been unfortunate. You really should have won both, or at least drew. 
Then the other two you're looking I'd say the injuries caught up to them in them in them games more than anything. Because the midfield seems to just be buggered all the time. Um the defence has been very in and out as well. Uh, and Tony Tony's not really scored that many, but from what I've seen mostly the match of the day, and I, I watched the Chelsea game, um most of our chances seem to fall to Embuemo. I, I I probably butchered prom, uh, prom, uh, pronouncing his name there, but Embuemo, Embuemo, however you pronounce it. And he just either hits the post or he's not clinical or whatever. So if chances start falling to, to Tony rather than Embuemo, um, I, I think their fortunes could change, but I, I do think the injuries are catching up to him. Obviously, I'm using PremierInjury.com and usually it updates later in the week and if you listen to this, we're recording this on the Tuesday, so it might change, but there's still a lot of injuries. There's eight injuries there, and I think most of them, quite a lot of them are starters. So I think it is the perfect game for, for, uh, for Eddie Howe. Because, I mean, I didn't look at the Newcastle injuries. They've got They've two. two. Yeah. Fraser is a Knox. Presumably he'd be back, and Paul Dumb, it doesn't really matter. So they've pretty much got a full team. Um, ah, can I predict a Newcastle win? Go on then. Come on. It's Eddie Howe's first game. 3-2 Newcastle. 3-2. Oh, what a fun game. Eddie Howe can't game. defend. <laughs> this is true. Um, look, I mean, Brentford... I'm just glad that they started the season really well to to allow them this time to kind of regroup. And as I said, international break, perfect timing for them. Against Newcastle side, who I, I think I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, as you say, because when Brentford have come up against teams that like to play football, it's been a fun game. I've, I've enjoyed watching their games whenever they have come up against. You think of the Liverpool game. The Arsenal game obviously start the season. They've just been really fun to watch when the game is open. And based on Eddie Howe, when we last saw him, he's definitely going to open things up and and allow them to to kind of to kind of end up being an end to end game. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I think in terms of my prediction, I had gone 3-3 three, three and I thought I was ambitious, but you've gone 3-2. Three, so I'll stick with my 3-3. Three, three. Um, well, so that's interesting. I'm, you've, you've kind of reassured me there with my, <laughs> with my score because I, I thought I had gone maybe too high. Um, but no, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to stick with that. I think 3-2 is a great scoreline. It, it will be a good game. Um, both teams, I think, would take a draw um, in this game. Obviously, before the game has kicked off. I, I think both teams would take a draw in this one. And it's one of those games that obviously it's a three o'clock game. So it doesn't, if you're in the UK, it's not going to be televised. And guy, there's only one way to make sure that you're going to be able to watch this game without any hassles whatsoever. And that is if you link up with our presenting sponsors, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. You can check out their services at libertyshield.com. You can also save a coupon code. You can also save 20% with a coupon code EPLVPN because, um, yeah, your boy hooked you up. So if you want 20% off, use that coupon code EPLVPN. They have awesome features, including privacy and security. You can hide your IP address from anyone, you know, for example, hackers. Um, this is by encrypting your internet traffic. You can avoid geoblocks and government imposed restrictions to access any website. As we've mentioned, if you're in the UK, that three o'clock fixture, you're not going to be able to watch the game live and unless you're hooking up with guys like Liberty Shield, where you know you can even get Supersport in South Africa right here from your home in the UK. I mean that's what I that's where I usually then turn to for those three o'clock fixtures. Because in South Africa, they have every single Premier League game shown live the entire season what a blessing um so yeah definitely go check out liberty shield and let them know that you heard about them from us uh this show is also presented by eplindex.com obviously in association with liberty shield guy we've got one more game before we hit the halftime mark it's the wonderful norwich as we've mentioned they've brought in 
Dean Smith. I, I think that's quite a long-term looking appointment and I hope it's not waving the white flag for this season um, because we still hold hope. Uh, and then they're coming up against the Southampton side who I think they've been playing quite well um, of late. Obviously, they started the season off not so great, but to, you got to give credit <laughs> to Hasenhutter, not only for his dress sense, because I mean, come on, it's pretty awesome. But also every time it looks like he's on the brink of losing that Southampton job. He kind of pulls it out of the fire. And, you know, three wins and a draw from their last five games coming up against Norwich, who obviously got their first win last time around. This is a game that, dare I say, could go either way. <laughs> Am I being too confident in Norwich? Yeah. Um, I think Norwich could sneak this one, but... Man, Southampton are looking good. Yeah, I think if it was if it was early season Southampton, I think you, there's a case there because because they just kind of didn't look very threatening going forward and a bit loose at the back. But was it? I think it was the City game, or it might have been before the City game. He made it. He made a tweak, and the defense seemed to drop a bit deeper. The midfield seemed to protect them a bit more, and I, I think he spotted the attack wasn't going to be the same as it was with Ings and you you have to keep it tight at the back rather than rely on Ings getting a few a game so I, I think uh, Hasenhutl with his lovely waistcoat collection um, <laughs> has, has made some nice tweaks and and you've seen mainly the young I think Salasu's came out with a lot of credit Bednarak um, Bednarak too but you look at you look at Livermento who's getting a lot of props um, Adam Broha Armando Broha yeah, Armando. Um, he he's he he seemingly caught a few eyes. Um, it, it's just about finding consistency around him. Adam Armstrong. I I always say the wrong one. Is Adam? Which one's a yeah. striker? <laughs> he, <laughs> he scored. Yeah, he scored a lovely goal uh, the other week. So if he if he can build off that, um, great for him. But he obviously scored a lot for Blackburn. Um, Norwich, though, obviously getting the win against Brentford's obviously a nice step. So Dean's kind of walking into Norwich at a good, confusing time to just sack the manager <laughs> after a win. But they looked better, more disciplined, a bit more, I don't know, a bit more Premier League y, <laughs> um, which is obviously it's a good thing to get yourself sacked with. Um, it's just whether they can keep that defensive nous in in the game, um, because they had that young Irish lad and Ben Gibson at centre back. Uh, let's look at injuries. Ozan Kabak had glandular fever, lovely, mm. but I think he's back, so it might be him. Grant Hanley's fifty percent. Omadeli on on but. I need Irish people to translate this. Oh my bad, my daily. Yeah, go with that one. Um, he's fifty percent, so they might have some issues at centre back. Um, but if it if it's Kabaku, it says a hundred percent. So we'll go with that. If it's Kabak and Gibson, I think that could I think that could work. Um, if you do them two, and then it, it's just finding what Dean Smith wants. I think he's a four-two-three-one manager. Uh, that is he Danish Norman? I think he is or Norwegian. Um, he he seems like a decent midfielder. Just pick someone around him, and then Pookie, the young Greek lad, uh, Rashika as well. It, it it's just I think you got to find how these new players fit in because not a lot of them were getting starts. I think there's like a lot of it was Pookie with Josh Sargent. Um, and others, but yeah, I think I think this will be I think this will be quite an interesting game. I, you know what? I've been mean to Norwich all day, all podcast to I know. Tell me about it. And I'm going to give them a one all here. Come on, let's yeah. go, let's go. Welcome aboard. That's yeah. it. Guy Drinker officially signing up for Norwich 2021-2022 season. So glad <laughs> that you have miracle, joined us. The miracle starts here. The miracle starts here. And you know what? If we have one more on board to, to help us with the fight against the suits upstairs, maybe they could become the official club for this season. They're still the unofficial official club. We haven't gotten the green light yet. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, you've gone 1-0 to Norwich. It's at home. 
I uh, said one one to be exact. Ah, oh, mate, let's go one nil. Come on, <laughs> come on. Fine, we'll one go nil. one nil Norwich. The reason why is because I'm going one nil Norwich, and I think it's a good omen if we both kind of, kind of will this victory. You know, as, as a new Norwich fan, you know right. that. You you need to get on board here. Right, we'll do that. But if Leicester are winning five nil at half time against Chelsea, you'll want me to change back to one off. <laughs> Hang on, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So one nil to Norwich on this one. Southampton, I think they've been really good of late, as I've mentioned. So they will be hoping that it's not the case. They can kind of continue that good form. And he started building a really good base in terms of how they're going to play this season, as you mentioned. It's a big adjustment when uh, Danny Ings leaves, so he's kind. I think he's kind of figured out. Okay, this is where best to play some of the players. I'm I'm still looking at the likes of um, you know Theo Walker and stuff and saying, do they need to be playing that many minutes? But mm-hmm. hey, that's none of my business. I don't I don't even know why I brought that up. Um, but he hasn't played in the last two games, and as I said, their form's been kind of good. Um, so hey, we'll see so where that goes to. Four. <laughs> Sorry to single him up. I mean, there there are others there that I'm looking at, um, Redmond. But um, let's move on, guys. It's the halftime break, as we mentioned. And this week, we had, obviously, last time around, we had Jake Jackman doing his um, Bank It or Burn It. We brought it back for the first time this season and it was good uh, kind of to have Jake started off because he's kind of the OG leader of Bank It or Burn It. He had the lead for so long last season, only for it to kind of be pipped towards the the tail end of the season. And and obviously the two ladies went on to fight for the championship. But this time around, Jake got 15 out of 25. So he set the bar 15 out of 25 is is the starting bar. And he, he kind of said he's a pace, he likes to be a pace setter. You know, you know, those, in the 800 meters and so where the guys in front kind of getting the pace going making sure everyone's running at the right pace um and it'll be interesting to see if he then just stays in the race and takes the whole thing um but the the the, the pace has been set but this time around you 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 unfortunately are gonna have to wait for your turn for bank it or burn it because there isn't bank it or burn it this week because we're bringing it back tad's top five uh, this is a top five power rankings of the best five teams at the moment, in my opinion, adjusted for, amongst other things. We've got strength of schedule that I've thought about in there. We've got margins of wins. Um, you know, you get bonus points for just being absolutely saucy. So, you know what? I'm very bullish about my top fives. And if if you've got a top five and you don't agree with mine, Tweet your top five at uh, a tad predictable on Twitter. Let us know what your top five is. But I'm pretty sure I got this spot on. Guy, you were very contentious last time around when you came on and saw my top five. And we may have to throw hands here virtually if, if you don't agree with mine. But but let's yeah, get started a here. Lot swap in there. Oh, <laughs> don't you start. You've already <laughs> been quite combative so far. Um, but here we go. Okay, so revealing my current top five power rankings for the league as we say with all these kinds of things this is for this current period of time i'm not saying these are the teams that are going to win the league or you know anything like that but i'm just saying who at the moment is leading in terms of power rankings so we start off with the team in fifth place and it's one of the teams we mentioned earlier it was actually our third game the away team crystal palace they were the unofficial official club for last season for this podcast. I think this season they've done well. Patrick Vieira started the season not I, I thought it was a really hard fixture list, to be fair, in, in, in terms of how their season started. And my worry was Crystal Palace were going to kind of have a knee-jerk reaction and get rid of him quite quickly. And I'm glad they didn't because I thought he set up kind of the structure of how you wanted the team to play during those difficult games. He had like the likes of Chelsea, West Ham, Tottenham, Liverpool, Brighton, we've mentioned have been difficult to play. Um, and basically just set up the structure during those early difficult games so that everything is set in place for when he now has the games where he th- that are must-win games. And, and I think their fixture list is starting to really 
go in their favor and I I think they're going to go on a good run here so they're in fifth place they're looking really comfortable in the league in my opinion in terms of play style and uh, I think they're going to go on a good run going forward in fourth place is the team that is currently on top of the Premier League now some people might be saying hang on Chelsea are leading the Premier League how can they not be top of your power rankings as I mentioned there's a whole lot that goes into this and for me, the big thing that really dropped Chelsea's strength of schedule, they've not played that many difficult teams of late. And, you know, if you're looking, for example, if you're looking at their last eight games, the opponent's points per game that they've faced, they've got a points per game of 0.96. So they're not even getting one point a game. Like, come on. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I didn't give them too much credit in terms of the the scale when it comes to strength of schedule, but obviously, you know, they've got a couple of big wins in terms of margins of wins, and also they're getting the job done. How many times have we team, seen teams slip up when they have must win games or must win run of games, and and they kind of don't get the job done? Chelsea have been getting the job done, so fair play to them. But you know what? You're in fourth place because in third place is a team that is currently, and you know, you got you got to check this twice to make sure you're not wrong. They're currently undefeated in their last eight Premier League games. Arsenal Football Club, if you think of the way they started the season, Arteta was out, trusting the process was broken, but they kept him, they stuck with him. Six wins, two draws, no losses, 13 goals for, four against. Healthy goal difference there in terms of nine goals uh, difference there. Another thing for me was the strength of schedule. As we mentioned with Chelsea, they're slightly above Chelsea. They got a 1.01 opponent's points per game in terms of strength of schedule. So once again, I've not been too impressed with the teams that they have been playing in terms of difficulty level. But you know what? From where they were to where they are now, I I think Arsenal fans wouldn't really care too much about that. They're winning games. They're drawing games. They're not losing games. And they're hoping to continue that this season. In second place on Tad's top five is the Imperia's Manchester City. Now, obviously, defending champions, just strength and depth for days and they're starting to pick up form. And if you know, you know. Man City, once they start to get going, it's very, very difficult to stop them. And in their last six games, four wins, one draw, one loss. I think they're starting to tick. I really think they're starting to tick. They've had one of the the more difficult runs in terms of just opponents' points per game, 1.33. Um, uh, so, yeah, you know, they, they're getting the job done. They're starting to look like the beast that is Manchester City. And this is kind of around the time of the season that they start to really kind of enforce their dominance on the league. So definitely keep an eye out for Man City to make a real big charge. But Guy Drinkle, that leaves one team and one team only that deserves to be number one. And they are number one. And that is West Ham United. Top of Tad's top five. I think this is the first time they are top of Tad's top five. Um, West Ham United, look, I've been impressed with them. They've had one loss in their last five games, two losses in their last eight games. But the degree of difficulty, Mr. Drinkle, 1.56 in terms of opponents' points per game. In their last eight games, that makes them the third highest degree of difficulty in terms of fixtures over their last eight games and and as i said five wins one draw two losses and if you've got anything to dispute about west ham being on top especially if your name is guy drinkle i'm going to point to the team that lost to them last week and i'm pretty sure guy drinkle supports that team liverpool and you guys got your asses handed to you by that counter-attacking we don't care if it's pretty. We're just going to make it tight at the back and try and punish you on the counter-attack football. I think David Moyes in the running at the moment for manager of the season. They're looking good in the Carabao Cup. They're looking good in Europe. They, they can't seem to do anything wrong at the moment. West Ham United on top of Tad's top five. I, I, I think this list is perfect. So we'll run, we'll run it again. Crystal Palace in fifth. Chelsea in fourth. Arsenal in third. 
Man City second, and West Ham deservedly in first place. Guy, just just admit, I I I, I nailed another top five. I'd swap Chelsea and City. Around. Oh come off! No, it. no, no. I agree with the list. I would just swap City and Chelsea around because Chelsea are top of the league. But have you seen who they've played? I don't care. Look at their squad. If, if, if Chelsea, you know what? You're no, the no, one. Chelsea, you, Chelsea you're one of those. No, people. no, 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 no. You're Chelsea. one of those people that are probably celebrating Harry Kane's back-to-back hat tricks against under twenty-one players that are semi-pros. That doesn't count as much because the degree of difficulty isn't there. I refuse. It's not happening. No, Chelsea are fourth. They're not coming. They're not coming down. Ugh. It's not happening. West Ham cheated last week. <laughs> One. Craig you know what? They Craig Parsons bad at his job. That's all. So. They did. They put the W on the board, and mm-hmm. there's put nothing. The money, put the money in someone's pocket. You know what? It's another t- perfect Tad's top five. Thank you for agreeing with me, guys. <laughs> guys, if you've got a top five that's any different than this, do tweet it at a Tad Predictable, and then we can always discuss it and all of that stuff. But I think that that is wow. I'm I'm always happy to do these because they always come out so beautiful. That looks so perfect. Um, and speaking of W's, guy, we move on to our next fixture: Watford, a W, versus Man United, a team chasing W's. <laughs> hey, they're chasing W's. <laughs> uh, well, what do you make of this game? I mean, it's a t- it, it it could be a tricky game away uh, for Man United. We've seen them kind of struggle to break teams down at times. Uh, what are you expecting? I'm expecting Man United to win. Of course, regardless of how bad the manager is, how unbalanced the team is, they're still better than Watford. Like Watford, apart from a mad game against Everton, where don't know what Michael Keane happened, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Godfrey and, and, and whatnot, and the rest of the bad bunch at the back, um, they're still not very good. And Ranieri coming in has seemingly limited. I don't know. Sar seems to have taken a step back when I think even statistically under Zisco does well, how you pronounce his name. Um he he was up there in the stats and I think he was up there in shots taken, created and all that jazz. Um but whenever I've seen Watford recently, I know they've had a couple of good, uh, difficult games of Liverpool, etc. But he just doesn't look anywhere like the exciting player that that was there before. Um Emmanuel Dennis kind of bit I think he was suspended for a for a game or two, uh, which takes some doing. So you know, we're in for yellow cards. It's for too beautiful. many yellow cards. That's beautiful. <laughs> As a forward, that's talent. Oh, it's fantastic stuff. But Josh King seems like a really good sign, and he's done. He's done quite well. But man, you know, regardless, it could have me a new manager, and it could have to, <laughs> me and you two Liverpool fans managing them, and we'd still be able <laughs> to beat Watford. Um, yeah, let's have a look who's out if it makes any difference. Luke Shaw's seventy five percent to be hit fit. Cavani fifty percent. Scott McTominay seventy five. Pogba, who cares? And Varane's a big miss. Um, I'm just taking shots at players today. Pogba's, wow, Pogba's crap. Let's be honest. Um, wow. Well, yes, he can't play in mid. He's a midfielder who can't play in midfield <laughs> unless you've got free time. All great Juventus players playing with him. Oh dear. Um. I don't care who's out for Watford. Um, even the Watford fans. I'm going to go three-one United, but genuinely, this could be like this could be one of these games where Watford just click. As a Sars, regardless of what I say about him not performing, he might be up against a unfit Shaw because we've seen um, Ollie Rushback plays numerous times. Shaw, Shaw this season, Maguire against Leicester, where he literally looked like he couldn't move. Uh, Cavani might get rushed back, so he, he could make mistakes and rush back players who aren't fit. Um, Watford have the players to hurt Man United, but I do not trust them one bit to actually hurt Man United. And regardless if it's by Lindelof Maguire at the back, or if they're playing a back four or whatever, this should be able to deal with, with them. But it's still Man United, and they're kind of becoming Arsenal, so... They won't shock me. I'll say three one United. Ronaldo will get some crap goals, uh, and stat bad his way to being the hero of Man United to get in fifth. Well, according to Guy Drinkle, degree of difficulty of games doesn't matter. So whatever. Uh, from my perspective, I've gone two 0 
to Man United. Uh, I think, as you say, I'm, I'm, I think Watford are too limited at the moment. They, they need to kind of capitalise on counter-attack football and it doesn't seem like they're doing that at the moment. Guy, we move on to the team that is top of uh, Tad's top five, West Ham. They travel to Wolves. What are we thinking for this one? I mean, a Wolves team that I think started to find its way this season. Uh, the Strike Force partnership has really been fun to watch for me. Mm-hmm. And it's always good to see him in his anytime he's on the pitch. Um, I've, I've, I mean, they're, they're top of Tad's top five. Is there going to be anything other than a 3-1 West Ham win? 3-1, that's interesting. Yeah, 3-1. Um, Liverpool are one goal better than Wolves. I don't like Ugh, that. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, the only question marks is how they settle with a couple of injuries with West Ham, because we know their first 11 and a couple of others behind, that's really good. It's just when you get a tad deeper. Um, Declan Rice, I think he missed England duty, but that might be just playing. Plan. Yeah, being being cheeky and not getting it. Obviously, Ogbonna got injured in the Liverpool game, but we've we've seen Dawson's dependable and Diop's Diop's very talented, but he seems a bit up and down. So he'd probably go with Dawson's dependability with Zuma. Um, and Vlasic isn't really settled, but you'd probably play anyway. And Yamalenko is literally an impact sub. Who Wolves got injured? Uh, Markal, Otto, and Neto—they're the only ones who'd play. And they've been out a while. Um. I think this will be a tough game. I think Wolves have kind of kept the defensive sturdiness they had under Nuno, but added on an extra layer of fun, <laughs> not, not <laughs> diabolically boring to watch now. And they had a good game against Crystal Palace la- uh, last time out. It was a tight game, but I think Palace got the edge, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, 2-0. Um, ah. I think West Ham will win. I just don't know how close it will be. I want to say 2-1 West Ham. I think it'll be a tad tighter. I think Wolves Wolves are difficult to beat. Yeah, they are. They they are difficult to beat. And and they are playing good football at the moment. But as I said, I've gone 3-1 for the tad top five leaders. Um, We move on to Man City versus Everton. Now... I mean, oh, we've skipped a game here. I was going to say, you missed it. I uh, we skipped a game. I, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't point it out a lot sooner because it is your team, Guy Drinkle. Yeah. Liverpool versus Arsenal. Now, Liverpool were nowhere near Tad's top five with good reason, in my opinion. I, I think they've looked quite shaky of late. They come up against an Arsenal side, as I said, undefeated in their last eight games. What are we saying for this one? If Liverpool don't win, I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't have Liverpool being behind Arsenal. I can't. We've bigged up these people as the best team in the world, and we've the whole we've been singing we've got, we've got no money and we still win the league. I can't. It, it can't be behind Arsenal. We can't. Is it, would it? Would you say it's writing on the wall for for the league title if Liverpool don't beat Arsenal here, or is that too soon? <clears throat> Depends on the Chelsea result, wouldn't it? Um, what are we? Four points behind Chelsea. Presume they won. Seven points behind Chelsea. Afcon to come when we miss our one good player at the minute. Um, maybe be too. It'd be too soon to say, but we we'd be def- We'd be firm third favorite. I put it that way. Um, which we might be already. <laughs> Sad times. Why are you making me talk about Liverpool? <laughs> um, you can talk about Arsenal. Oh God, who wants to do that? <laughs> no, let, let's be fair. Let's be fair. Like Liverpool are still better than Arsenal, and now and now I know Arsenal are going to win, so I might edit that out. <laughs> uh, I would, but Liverpool's team is still one of the best in the league. It just is, but the injuries have, have kind of caught up to us, and these were all injuries that people were predicting in the summer and. We saw the same issue in defence last season when we had three centre-backs, two of them were injury-prone, and then Van Dijk got injured, yada, yada, yada. You saw what happened in last season. This season, we lose Wijnaldum, who isn't for everyone, but the one thing he had undisputedly, whether you rated him or not, he was fit every game. 99% of the time he was fit. I think he was ill once. That was it. Um... We replaced him last season, seemingly, with Thiago, who is probably a much better player. 
but he's very he needs protecting even when he is at his peak fitness but he's been injured a couple of times this season already we seemingly put more trust in Naby Keita he cannot stay fit well to be fair he was staying fit but due to the injuries in other area in in that area we had to overplay him and then he got injured properly uh Henderson's picked I think Henderson's seemingly fine but there was an injury scare with him. He's been getting overplayed. Milner got overplayed and got injured against the United. Um, and Fabinho keeps picking up little knocks as well. Um, so the midfield is a concern. But I, I don't have concern about the quality of the midfield. It's just the availability. But yeah, I'm hoping it'll be Fabinho, Thiago, and depending on Henderson's fitness, that'll probably be the midfield. Then I'd be quite confident. Um. But then the attack's quite limited. Man is seemingly all right after his injury scare, which would have been grand with Firmino being out for a little bit. Um, Jota seems a bit up and down, and, and Mo Salah's Mo Salah's a monster. But I think teams are figuring out just stop him. <laughs> the others aren't going to do anything, uh, which is seemingly becoming true by the game. Um, and the defense is kind of gone to crap a bit recently, which isn't great. But Van Dijk looked better against West Ham individually. Um, but collectively the defence was not good Robertson's injured so hopefully that means Simicast captures his form from the start of the season even though he's looked a tad rusty his last couple of appearances but he did start the season really well Trent's been excellent going forward still the odd funny thing defensively if you're not a Liverpool fan and Alisson had a bad game last time out so hopefully he's shaken that off now on to the happy stuff for Arsenal they look really good considering how funny they were at the start of the season. <laughs> but Smith Rowe looks great. Like he, from my perspective, he's almost like taking over Saka in the exciting prospect. It might be a bit premature, but Smith Rowe seems to be making the impact every week now, which is, I think he's 20, 21, maybe even younger, but he, he's just making an impact um, every week. Aubameyang and Lacazette look re-motivated, which is, which is quite impressive. Um, Odegaard seems to be a clever little player getting rotated in and out. The midfield finally looks like an actual midfield. That shock horror doesn't have Granite Xhaka in it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think part, if Partey stays fit, I think you could see them stay in the Champions League um, conversation. And probably most impressive is the defensive unit. I think Ramsdale, I'm still not overly convinced um, that he's some magic turnaround from worst keeper in the league to the best keeper in the league that seems to be getting played out the minute but he's done better than anyone expected whether that level sticks who knows but Tomayasu looks like a great pickup I think he was like 20 odd million and I'm sure everyone remembers this I think it was Sky Sports I might be wrong it was Sky Sports pundits um, all taking the mix saying oh he was offered around to every Premier League club and nobody (laughs) took him well now he's like one of the best right, but especially defensive, he's probably the best defensive right back in the league. Um, ben White's done quite well, but I think the biggest improvement's Gabriel. He looks fantastic. Um, so yeah, Arsenal look really good. When I watch them, the attack sometimes doesn't click. Like I know they're on a free game winning streak, but Watford, it took that goal where they really should have given the ball back to Watford or whatever. Um, Leicester took man of the match performance from the goalkeeper to be fair but I think Arsenal was still a better team Villa were dreadful Um, and then it was the two draws before that so I think this is a really good litmus test for Arsenal and Liverpool to be fair because Liverpool need to sort their business I was going to say another word that started with S but I won't (laughs) Um, so this is an important game for both If, if Arsenal win it proves they're back in the top four race and maybe if they can add a couple in um, in January just to kind of I don't know there's rumours like Nicholas Pepe going and getting another one on the wing stuff like that I think could work um, and then Liverpool if they fall behind Arsenal it's not going to be fun on Twitter for us <laughs> um, but yeah Liverpool you, you asked the question there at the start if they lose this and Chelsea and City win they're not out of the title race but AFCON's going to batter us more than any either of them two. Like, who cares if Riyad Mahrez goes? Obviously, Mendy will be a big miss for Chelsea, but, oh no, they've got a £70 million goalkeeper on the bench. 
Whereas we'll have Minamino and Origi replacing our two best forwards. It's not Fun the same. times. Yeah. So Liverpool need to stay in the race. Okay. And, so must yeah. win for Liverpool. Yeah, what are uh, you thinking? Uh, where is it? It's at Anfield. Yep. Um, and I'm assuming the players would have gotten the same kind of speech that this is a must win. Are you going with your head or are you going with your heart here? What, 3 what's 1 the, Liverpool. 3 1 Liverpool. Wow. Arsenal's first defeat in eight games given at Anfield by Guy Drinkle. From my perspective, um, I think it will be 2 1 Liverpool. Um, purely going with my heart here. I think Arsenal will trouble Liverpool on the counter attack. We've seen how poor Liverpool have been down the middle in defensive transition, straight through that midfield. It's not been pretty, but I'm more confident in Liverpool's attack, more so Salah, so to speak, than Arsenal's at the moment, uh, which is a weird thing to say, as I say, Arsenal unbeaten. But, uh, Guy, I won't spend too much time on Man City versus Everton. I do apologise to their fans. Um, But I don't see too much to talk about in this game. This is just Man City 3-0, routine win at home for Man City against an Everton side who, although Raf is there, I'm tired of saying, oh, Raf is going to make them difficult to beat. He hasn't been of late. Whether it's him or the players, it's not happened of late. You can't fix Michael Keane. (laughs) I think think that's a simple game for me. 3-0 to Man City. Yeah, I'm thinking so. Let's just have a quick look at the injuries because that is the big point. Calvert Lewin's still out, so no goals. Yeah, I mean, there's a doubt, so no defense. Um, yeah, Decore not there in midfield. That I mean, it's it's it, the spine yeah. is not looking I'm, good. I'm going to go four-one City. Yeah, the defense, Everton's defense is dreadful. It's 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 not looking good. But guys, we end the weekend off with Tottenham versus Leeds United now. Tottenham, obviously, Antonio Conte's in. Uh, Leeds haven't had the best of seasons. Is this a good time for, in terms of fixtures, Conte having a Leeds team that's kind of looked shaky? I mean, they haven't lost in three. I suppose that we, we could say that for, for Leeds. But it's not looked pretty for me. Conte's first game, he had a draw against Everton, a team we've just dismissed just now. So how much do we take from that? But he seemed to say he saw positives from there. I liked the, how their front three in terms of Tottenham were kind of rotating on the counter-attack. Um, one of them drives with the ball and the others are looking for space uh, to try and get the pass. Most of the time it was Lucas doing the driving. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts again in behind kind of Son and Kane um, and then trying to keep it tight at the back. Is is that the recipe for Tottenham in this one? Uh, regardless of whatever, it just got to make Kane think he's playing for England seemingly (laughs) (laughs) against a bad team (laughs) Um, yeah a a lot of that depends on Kane's motivation to play for Tottenham and yeah Rafinha's fit so that's why Leeds have a chance but that's a goal that's probably a goal Rafinha's fantastic he's probably been one of the best players in, in the league this season and he's playing for one of the worst teams in the league um I like Conte. He's one of the best runners in the world. I think he's just got to find the right balance in midfield other than motivating Kane. I think you've got to get... You've got to get at least maybe one even or two of Ndombele and Lacelso in there. But I won't balk as I know we're in a tad of a rush for the, uh, for the end one. If, if they find the right mid, uh, midfield balance, I think they can take the game over against um, against Leeds. I think he's going to get his first Premier League win. Is that right? Did they draw the yeah. other day? Yeah, they drew against yeah. Everton. I'm going to go 3-1 Spurs and Kane's going to score a penalty, but look crap otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> it's a goal. Yeah. It's a goal. Kane won't care. Um, yeah, from my perspective, I think it's going to take a while for Conte to implement what he does want at Spurs. Leeds haven't looked great, but as you say, Rafinha's... It's basically a goal, a game, pretty much. Yeah, him at that's the why moment. I give so them the one. <laughs> I definitely give them the one there. And we know Spurs haven't been the best defensively this season, albeit a new coach and all that. Um, I, I, I was kind of leaning one-one in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought with the Rafinha plus one in terms of goals, I think they still need to fix the off the offense at at Spurs, but. Mm-hmm. 
I do like the movement of uh, the front three. And we know Leeds like to go man-to-man marking. And I think that's going to help out Spurs in terms of their movement of their front three that I saw against Everton. So well, I'm, I'm going to go... to help with um, Regulon as well, won't Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've gone 2-1 to Tottenham and kind of the same with you in terms of Conte's first win. But Mr. Drinkle, that's going to do it for another episode of A Tad Predictable and, of course, another perfect Tad's Top 5, if I do say so myself. Guys, anything you want to plug, put over or promote before we wrap up? You want to give me my flowers yet for Tad's Top 5? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's not till you change the prof. Change it How the dare you? Uh, n- uh, not too much from me personally. Obviously, on Friday I'll be in your seat doing this with Dave over on Two Footed. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he says. Obviously, all their managers' first games and whatnot. But yeah, that, I think that's the only one I'll be on air with. But if you're a Liverpool fan, obviously all the uh, Anfield Index content um, after the game and 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 whatnot. Uh, so yeah, catch me at, at Guy Drinkle. I retweet most of the stuff I do over there and Anfield Index for my uh, for the pods and stuff if you're a Liverpool fan. Awesome stuff from my end. Go ahead and check out all the awesome content on EPR Index website. We have match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, all of the news you could wish for, including transfer news, manager news. If you want to kind of get an idea of what style of play these new managers are going to be playing go check out some of the articles there of course there's the daily podcast show guy just mentioned it the two-footed podcast with dave hendrick uh finally you can also check out the flagship show that runs weekly they usually record i think sunday late afternoon it's the epl roundtable where kev debris sits down with panelists from respective epl teams they do reviewings of previewings of the happenings around the EPL. You can follow the show's Twitter page. I know Guy doesn't want to give me my flowers, but you guys can give me my flowers at a tad predictable on Twitter. Follow at EPL Index on Twitter as well. Subscribe to EPL Index podcast channel on your podcast providers. Give us five stars. Write some positive comments if you feel so inclined. That stuff really, really helps us out. And then, guys, go sign up for the free season predictions competition that's at eplindex.com stroke predictions and you stand a chance to win all you have to do is go to um the website eplindex.com stroke predictions you sign up it's free uh you just register your name and and details you give your predictions each game week so all you have to do is get your game week predictions in each week um, if you top the leaderboard come the end of the 21-22 EPL season, you stand a chance to win a £100 voucher for EPL Index Shop, uh, as well as a £300 cash prize, which is pretty awesome. Uh, the cash prize obviously comes from our awesome sponsors, Liberty Shield VPN. So huge thank you to Liberty Shield for there. So yeah, total of £400, uh, and in vouchers, 300 in cash if you top the leaderboard come the end of the season. I've been Tadio Chanakira. You can find me on Twitter at TadPredicts. The lovely lady that does our guest intros, Jody, is at Spursy141. We have a brand new intro. Huge thank you to Obi Semenya. He's at John Empire SA, our producer behind the glass. And he was in front of the mic this week, Mr. Guy Drinkle. He's at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. And remember, Chisinga Perry. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see it! Oh, glorious! And it's Ward Rousey who strikes it! Stamford shot. Oh, brilliant! The Pogba! Oh, what a finish! Came out to Jimenez! Pick that one out! What a goal by Harry Kane! Saka, 2 0. Jesse Lingard! Oh, something finished! The champions of 2021. Sports Social Podcast Network.